Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Tonight, my essay is entitled... Why people can't let go of the stupids. Oh. Are you prepared? Are you prepared for my essay? Ugh, okay, no. wait, 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 let me explain something. So if you are a liberal minded person who loves books. Okay. The stupids check all the boxes of something you're supposed to love. Because they're by James Marshall and he did the Viola Swamp books and, and many other things. It was banned by the right wing, you know, for saying that people were stupid uh, and people were disapproved. They wanted it banned. Um, it seems like it, you know, doesn't play by the rules. It's it's subversive. And uh, we all love subversive picture books. So if you haven't read it in a while, <laughs> one could em- be forgiven for thinking. Emphasis on in a while. That is exactly the emphasis. <laughs> one could be forgiven for thinking that um, you still loved it. And I would argue, it does not hold up. Um, I feel like this is a continuation. This is like part two of, of our last, last episode. Yeah. But it's because I've seen so many people saying things like, Oh, I used to work in an independent bookstore, and I I sold 10 of them in a day when it first came out, and I I sold 10 more. I I could have kept selling it. It's like, yeah, back in the day when it was still not considered as racist as it is, and people, you know, people have even defended, and this is what kills me, people have even defended, you know how the mom's wristbands, like, clearly Marshall did not care if the mom looked the same from picture to picture, and clearly the editor did not care if the mom looked the same from picture to picture and also did not care if the background matched the dad's shirt because, you know, why not? And we've only come up with one wallpaper for the entire book. Nobody cared. And now we're like, maybe someone should have cared. And people are like, no, it's brilliant. What bothers me the most is when people say that they like the headdress. Did someone say that? Yes. (gasps) I missed that. Yeah. Oh, whoa. No. Yeah. At no. that point, I... This, for those of you playing at home who have not listened to the episode, uh, there is a quote-unquote Indian headdress that the dog is wearing that is not okay anymore. Yeah, you should wow. probably just hit pause on this episode, listen to the yeah, last we'll listen episode, to that last one and then come back. <laughs> I, You know what? I could have anticipated this reaction. Um, and it's not vitriolic, but that does shock me. That a person in this day and age can look at a faux Indian headdress and be like, yeah, I'm on board with that. Yep. Wow. Thanks. That's a choice. Yep. Yeah. I don't mean to start this whole episode with a downer, but I did feel like it's an interesting case in which this book seemingly checks all my boxes. Therefore, I feel obligated to defend it when, in fact, I have not read it with a clear eye since I last saw it. And I think I need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe y'all will do it, and then you'll be like, I still like this book. That's fine. That's your choice. But you're wrong. So there you go. All right. <laughs> Yay! 
Um, now that we have completely made half our listenership run away <laughs> screaming from us, Kate. Uh, no, this is good. Dialogue is important. Dialogue is important. Mm-hmm. Having conversations. Yeah, that's... Now, to be fair, we are of one mind of this, but we had a dialogue before I came to see your point of view on this. And so I feel like that is a healthy way of using this podcast. Right. Right. And we can have a dialogue with people who disagree with us in the comments, and that's okay. That is totally legitimate. And that is what this podcast is all about. What's the name of that podcast that this is all about? We're right. You're wrong. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) The most popular podcast (laughs) on the internet. Oh, is that not what what this is called? Uh, It's actually called uh, Fusate and Kate, but we may have to rename it now. (laughs) Uh, Because why not? You know, at this point, that's what all the other podcasts are essentially (laughs) called. Yes. Uh, But no, it's actually called Fusate and Kate. I'm Betsy Bird. I'm Kate. Yep, and we talk about... Picture books. Yeah, we do. There's no way getting around it with that intro. Uh, We talk about picture books and whether they're good or bad and whether or not your outdated affection uh, should be re-examined in the light of newfound truths. Uh, Or not. Maybe you wish to cling to the past. That's your call. You do you. Uh, Today, we are not being controversial in the least. Good. (laughs) Um, Not even slightly, because you challenged me. Uh, to come up with a Hanukkah book and a Christmas yeah. book. Yeah. And I, so happily, found a Hanukkah book last year. Purchased it with my own money. Used, because uh, I don't think it's in print anymore, which is a crime against freaking man. I guarantee many of you will be able to go into a library and find this book. It is still in libraries across the country. And I'm very, very pleased to say that I have a copy of it here. Okay. Used from a library. Oh, okay. <laughs> that I will present to you now. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Laughing Latkes. By MB Goffstein. Yeah, sure. Uh yeah, so this is Laughing Latkes. Uh MB Goffstein, Goffstein. Uh, either way you wish to. It's like a Berenstein, Berenstein. I was thinking more Frankenstein, Frankenstein. 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 <laughs> yeah, that was, that was more my thinking. So, <laughs> Goffstein? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is an author illustrator who created many a fine little book. Finely penned illustrations. Uh, this particular one came out in 1980 and is beloved of, of many a person. So, let's see. If it's still beloved today, go read that book. Okay. All right. While Kate does her read, let's learn a little more about M.B. Goffstein. Of the great Jewish-American children's book creators, one would be amiss in not mentioning Marilyn Brooke Goffstein. Uh, She was born in St. Paul, Minnesota in 1940. Her first children's book was, and I love this title, The Gats. It was published in 1966 with editor Michael DiCapua, fun story there. So Gostin's husband, David Allender, who was also an editorial director at Scholastic Book Clubs, he told this story of that breakthrough. Quoting him, he said, quote, Brooke was first published in 1966 because Maurice Sendak came to a gallery show of her work. Maurice brought his friend, Michael DeCapua. Michael offered to publish her first book, The Gats, at Pantheon. And Brooke took him up on the offer. Later that year, Michael took her with him to Farrar, Strauss, and Giroux. And then they worked together for the next, like, 20 years. Um, I think their last project was in 1986 with my editor. That seems appropriate. In 1980, she actually taught with Laura Segal at the writing workshops at Bennington College. She taught 
children's book illustration at Parsons School of Design and University of Minnesota's Split Rock Art Summer Program. She did die in 2017. The Goffstein family then made this request in her obituary from St. Paul's Pioneer Press, quote, In lieu of flowers, please create something beautiful for the people around you, or buy and read the book of your choice. Hey, you're back! I am. Yay! Hey, remember when we did that book, The Latka Who Couldn't Stop Screaming? Uh Uh-huh. I think this is the flip side of that. The Latka Who Couldn't Stop Laughing. I mean, there's still, like, latkas. There are. Sentient, sentient... Latkes. Yeah. Yeah. You said this wasn't controversial. Okay. I, would I said disagree. that, and then I read the Kirkus review after you left the room, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, um, I wonder if what you're thinking about is what I'm thinking about." I don't think it is. What are you thinking about? I'm thinking about Golda Meir. Who are you thinking about? Oh, I mentioned that too. Okay. All right. Um, well, we'll just. Okay. I don't know what the other one is. So. Well, as soon as you look at the title page, you see sour cream. You don't see applesauce anywhere in this entire book. Wow. That is controversial, my friend. I see. There is a... That's a deep line. There is. That's a line in the sand, Yeah, my friend. You're either a a sour cream person Mm. or an applesauce person. Can can you be both? No, Betsy. You can't can't be both? (laughs) Sure? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I don't care. I kind of like both, but I'm also not Jewish, so there you go. Yeah. Okay. So we start off with a dreidel with no edges. And <laughs> dreidel, 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 I made you out of round. <laughs> it just, it just <laughs> rolls, I guess. Rolls. You, you know, hey, you never will know what side because uh, all sides It'll are equal. It'll just keep going. It just, goes, just goes down the mouse no hole edges you'll never at see all. it again. Yep. And it says on Annika, the dreidels r- roll, I guess. Rollish. Yeah. Uh, mm. Because we spin them. To win every nut and raisin. So I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, that, that's a thing, though. Are they, what? Are they, what? Are they using? It wasn't always gold coins, right? That's what I'm saying. Is it, like... is it, are they using nuts and raisins instead of gelt? I think I think people did do that instead of gelt. Yeah, historically, yeah. Because they don't want man, to eat Not everybody has access to gelt, man. I, yeah. <laughs> you do have access to nuts and raisins sometimes, though. Okay, so right... It does feel like a cheat, though. So right now, apparently, if you are food... Mm. You can, you have legs and arms <laughs> yeah. and faces. Are those the California raisins? Uh, yes. Excellent. That's <laughs> literally all I needed to know. Next to a cashew, apparently. A walking, talking cashew. Yes. Uh, so, Still right, so, not going to eat it. So food can be alive in this book. Okay. All right. Okay. We've established that. Like in the second page. It's okay. So the main question of this book is, so why for Hanukkah, are the latkes laughing? I mean, that's a legit question. And then it says, that is a question worth answering. I agree. Because if I'm about to sit down to a delicious latke and it starts laughing at me, I'm going to want answers. Okay. Yeah? That's well, the first thing in my mind is going to be, I need answers. Well, first asks, uh, is the latke laughing for joy mm-hmm. because the temple wasn't destroyed? Or is it nervousness mm-hmm. at the fact you're going to eat it? But yeah. <laughs> All right. Do... Potato pancakes celebrate the might of Judah Maccabee. And I love I, that. Okay, so this illustration, mm-hmm. it's of a latka profile staring up at a big boot <laughs> with very simple line There's illustrations. Such, like, I don't know if if you haven't seen the illustrations of Goffstein before. I don't know. The thinnest of thin pen lines. They're very simple. And very simple and very few of them. Yeah. Like... It's... Not a single line is wasted. 
in these fo- like in images here. Yeah, so you just have this tiny little latka <laughs> in profile with legs and arms staring up at a giant a huge boot. human boot. Yep, with a leg in it, presumably. Then it says, uh, "Do they?" Okay, this is where I have a problem because right. the whole time they've been laughing, or we're trying to figure out why are the latkas laughing. Okay. You flip the page and it says, do they picture in Israel 2,000 years later former Prime Minister Golomir frying latkes? And it's like, wait a minute. So she was the fourth Prime Minister of Israel Mm -hmm. from 69 to 74. Mm -hmm. She was the first woman to become head of government in Israel. Mm -hmm. The original question was, why are the latkes laughing? Are they laughing at a woman being a Prime Minister? Golda Meir was a controversial prime minister, and we could get into a lot of trouble because she is very much at that apex between Israel and Palestine. The Israel-Palestine question really comes up because her record with Palestinians, not great. Um, So to have her in this book may not have been controversial then, but these days, far more controversial. But laughing does not seem to be an appropriate response in any case when it comes to Golda Meir. I would agree with you. Yes. Yeah. It just... Yeah. It's very tricky. Okay. Yeah. And a weird... I mean, I get it in that if you have a leader of your country, it seems very natural to put them into a book. But this isn't a book from Israel. This is an American children's book. So... Yep. Yeah. There's a lot There's a lot going on here. Yep. A lot going on here. Uh, then it says, does Alaka laugh with pleasure when the children get books for presents. And I'm like, first of all, no. Uh, no. Second of all, now the book is alive. The book has... Okay, so all sentient objects are equally... The boot wasn't alive, but we're going to let that go. Yeah. Well, the boot was... In On a, a foot. It was, yeah. It was in use. Yeah. So if it's in use, it's not alive? Is I don't the know. Thing? The book is dancing with a it's little a girl really right now. big book. How big is this book? It's if as it's a, big as the little girl. It's a child-sized book. Yes. Well... At that point, book can do whatever it wants, I guess. And then it says, does it make a lot laugh how each child thinks his mother can make latkes best? And I'm like, okay, now i got a few questions here. Number one, <laughs> why his mother? Well, thank you. Number two, the little girl that was dancing with the book is now holding on to Golda's leg. So I'm like, is this supposed to be Golda's daughter? Or granddaughter. I know the mother was the term here. Okay, so yeah, mother. Right. Right. Wait, wait, that, wait, you think that's gold in my ear? Is that gold in my ear? It's the same. Is she wearing the same outfit? Yeah. Well, same, now we're just getting weird here. Same hairstyle. All right. I don't know enough about her biography to know if she had children she, or not. She so. did. She had a daughter. Okay. Her daughter wasn't blonde, but. Okay, um, well. <laughs> Daughter probably also didn't dance with human sized books, so, you know. But why his mother? That's uh, a weird choice. I mean, remember, remember his was like the universal, you know, the default was male back in, what is this, 1980? 1980, so. Huh. Yeah. Odd choice. Especially <laughs> if you're showing, well, unless that is a boy with long hair. Oh. I mean, can we rule that out? Um, I... Well, it looks like it's wearing a dress. Yeah. And that's unlikely that they would have, I am. It's, it's a in, hard call. In 1980, would a little boy with a, have a headband to hold back long hair? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next, do it says, do latkes laugh at sour cream? 
And I'm like, oh, where's oh, my... the applesauce controversy comes my, up again, yeah. Where's my freaking applesauce? Uh, no, do latkes laugh at sour cream in borscht? Do oh, they... borscht. Yeah. yeah, borscht is hilarious. And here's gold. Borscht is... Oh, gold is bringing in the borscht. Okay, fine. <laughs> Apparently she's got nothing better to do than cook for y'all, I guess. Yep. <laughs> do Weird. they laugh when we put sour cream on them? Uh, the latkes, I think. Right. Um, Being the ones. Again... No applesauce. I, mean, I wouldn't mentioned. laugh if I was about to be eaten and somebody put sour cream on me, but that's just me. And then it says, on Hanukkah, we eat until we can't spin a dreidel. Did the lakas laugh at that? And I'm looking at these nuts and raisins <laughs> who look like they've been through things. They've you know? seen things, man. They've seen things. They don't want to They're talk no about They're no longer it. smiling. They are no, no longer happy. No, that's interesting. It's not called, well, it's not called laughing nuts and raisins. <laughs> that's not a great title. No, but they were so happy before. And now they look just miserable. They look drained. They look drained. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to agree. Okay. Maybe so... they had a lot of luck. <laughs> But we they get we get an answer now, Betsy. Oh wait! Oh, it's the answer. Yes, I didn't. Okay. I didn't actually expect any answer to this book. There is. I thought it was just a series of questions. Like, no. So you know, it says. What makes this night different every other night? It says no. They're laughing, and on the opposite page, you can see them laughing with tears coming down their latke faces. So they're laughing pretty hard. Okay, they seem you know thoroughly amused. You ready to know why? Why? Because they're potatoes. The end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wait, I don't... wait, I think you skipped the joke. So go so back up. Back up. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. I read, so I, where's the where I, I think read, you missed the joke. I read I read what it says. No, they're laughing because they're potatoes exclamation point. That's it. Wait. Yeah. I, I think a page is missing. I wrote I in think my, it's I wrote in my notes, I don't get it. <laughs> Look, I have a fairly good sense of humor. And I'm just, I'm trying to, like, work this one out. I'm okay. like, is potato a pun? Okay, so now, because they're, okay, all it's right. so funny. All right, Okay, all right. okay, all right. okay all right. here we are. All right, all right. So, like, yeah. they're laughing on Hanukkah. All right. For, like, so for like straight up eight nights, right? Right, right, right. Why? Okay, because. Because. <laughs> all right. Because they're potatoes. <laughs> Yeah, I get it now. Okay. I get it now. Because I don't. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I tried my best. It worked really well, though. Right? I think you could convince a small child if you read it like that. That, that is the funniest that thing. That it's the funniest thing in the world. I think mean, the word potato is funny. I'm not going to lie to you. Potato. Po- po- potato. Potato is yeah. a funny word. So you almost get away with it, I'd but, say. But no. If only it was a pun. <laughs> See? Or a joke. Pun loving brain. Or anything. Or really any. Literally a reason. I mean. To make it funny. I'm just, this is going to keep me up at night. I'm just going to lie in bed staring at the See, ceiling I being would, like potatoes. I would much rather have potatoes. the latka scream than laugh at this point. I mean, I love, I love that, that latka screaming book. Yeah. It is one of the finest. I believe we made that a classic, did we not? The Locker Who Couldn't Stop Screaming? Yes, we gave that book a 7.4, so it was a, deemed a classic. Okay, I've done some research in, in the interim here while you were searching for that number just now. Um, in fact, Kirkus reviewed this at the time, and I have a possible answer to the oh. end of the book. Okay, so this is their interpretation. Okay. Mm-hmm. No one but Goffstein could get away with this dry drollery, which is very hard to say. The laughing latkes are impish without being the least arch. But then no one else would dream it up. And why are the latkes laughing? Because they're potatoes. At which we see them laughing all the harder at us. 
the right Jewish families will relish it as an affectionate spoof on the practice of posing a question in answer to a question, and as a very untraditional, unhackneyed evocation of the holiday. Non-Jewish parents of a subtle turn of mind may also be intrigued. No. I'm not sure. No. I mean, I actually, I have more admiration they for tried. the phrasing of that review than necessarily the book itself. <laughs> but I'm really enjoying their interpretation. I mean, just listen to that again. It's the affectionate spoof of the practice of posing a question in answer to a question. So the answer of it being because their potatoes just raises more questions than it answers. And this is a spoof of... The- I mean, I'm not getting that, but at the same time, I'm not going to deny if someone else got that. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind it, but I don't get it. Let's rate this. I don't get it. Ratings time. So maybe if I had grown up with this book, I would be more akin to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've shown me other Hanukkah books that I like a whole lot more, like Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. Well, you look, it's hard to compare everything to Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins, which is kind of like the best of the best of the best of the best. So, yeah, so yeah. the... The simple illustrations are almost too simple for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're not Kate illustrations. I no. would agree. And yeah. the lack of applesauce is unforgivable. Okay, I'm not going to even touch that one. It okay. is not my favorite. <laughs> I gave it a 3.5. Okay. Um, you know, I like Goffstein's art. I like that simple line work. It's very hard to do, I should say, to do that simple a line. And so thin. I don't quite get this book. Now, maybe I don't get this book because I am not myself Jewish, uh, but maybe I just don't get it because I don't quite understand even the explanation that Kirkus gave. But it's, I mean, it is an affectionate book. I agree with that. And I admire that for a lot of reasons. But I would agree with you. I mean, we are only looking at the book in front of us. We're not supposed to compare it to other books that we've seen. But looking at the book in front of me, while I do heartily enjoy the book, I do not enjoy the book so much that I would give it more than a 4.5. I mean, it's a strong 4.5, but I don't, I don't love it. I like it. I would, I, would I hand it to somebody? Sure. But I don't love it. So. Yeah, so it's not a classic. Not really a classic. No. And I spent all of $3 on it, too. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I want my used book money. No, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Letters time. Ooh. All right. So a reader wrote in, I don't have the reader's permission to read their name on this one because I'm not sure. This was emailed to me personally. So I'm not going to read the reader's name, but if the reader like writes back to me, it's like, y'all can totally use my name, then I'll offer a, the name up later. Um, but they wrote in about the book we just did about the stupids. And they said, OMG, I want to reply, but it involves calling out what I think is a very specific Texas racism. And I am not interested in engaging in a, quote, not all Texans, unquote, debate today. But anyway, great episode. I loved Kate's take on the book and agree with almost all she has to say. Aw, thank you. Yeah. And for the life of me, I'll never know how Marshall landed his first few gigs. I think it must have been all on the strength of personality because the drawings in his first books are not all that great. Buster's ear, lol. That is a that is a gutsy thing to say for people because people love James Marshall. But I would agree that his art got better as he went. It was still that same very Marshallist effort like art. But if you look at early George and Martha and compare it to later George and Martha, you cannot deny that later George and Martha is better. Um, and of course, Viola Swamp came much later in his career. So yeah, the man got better as he went, as many of us do. 
It is the nature of the world. Grown-up things we like. Okay. Uh, so I've been obsessed with this D&D podcast lately. I never thought those words would ever come out of my mouth. Yeah, I'm actually not sure you're my sister. I'm going to have to take that mask and, off. And yet here we are. Mm. So it's called Tales from the Stinky Dragon. And I highly recommend it, but you have to start at episode one. And then work your way through. And there are tons of episodes, so you can easily binge this. The guys are funny. And there is a woman on the podcast, too, which I appreciate. Um, and I know absolutely nothing about D&D. And they make it highly entertaining. Um, I actually found out about them through, you know, how, like, Instagram will be like, you should check out blah, blah, blah. Well, they, this, um... Their podcast, Stinky Dragon Pod, came up where they'll, like, reenact parts of the podcast using, like, little felt characters, and they'll, <laughs> and they'll nice. go along with like the that, podcast. Um, and it's very funny. So, anyway, if you like good storytelling, I recommend the podcast Tales from the Stinky Dragon. Uh, you can listen to it without knowing anything about D&D, and you can follow along. And I've definitely had a lot of laugh-out-loud moments uh, listening to it. That's excellent. I... I think there was a similar podcast. Well, there was a magic. I, I think there was a podcast called Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is sort of uh, about a guy trapped in a D&D world tavern and he'd interview different characters. It sort of reminds me of. But this sounds this sounds very amusing. And I like I like the yeah. sound of this one. So that's excellent. Uh, mine is also not something that I thought I'd ever say was a grown up thing I like. So I recently went to Disney World and Epcot and Universal Studios and Hollywood Studios and all that stuff that people do. We did it for Florida. Florida, as they say. And, uh, you know, of all the rides I did, I liked a lot of them. But the one that stood out was one that we almost didn't get into. And it was called Rise of the Resistance. So it was a Star Wars ride. You so. know, I've, I've wanted to do that ride for so long it was it's so hard to get into so hard to get into we we tried to get into the uh guardians of the galaxy ride and we failed and this was the other one and this was the one that, that my husband really wanted to do he really we did smugglers run smugglers run wasn't that hard to get into this one was a freaking trip and i'm actually a little reluctant to describe it here because it was it had a moment of actual jaw-dropping special effects that where i actually could not figure out how they did it and nor could my 16 year old niece who let me tell you thought she had this thing all figured out when we stepped on she's like like all 16 year olds do of course well she (laughs) was like well clearly the door is going to enter here so we're going to position ourselves over here and this is where the door will open and let me tell you it was not that door and it was not what we expected when the door opened. It was amazing. Um, if you are able to get on Rise of the Resistance, a Star Wars ride, you absolutely 100% must because it will actually blow your mind. I have not just, I mean, yeah, the riding around is fun, but the it's immersive in a way I've never experienced before. I mean... So do you have to know Star Wars in order to enjoy it's a, it? You know what? We had shown the kids the three, you know... Original Star Wars movies? Well, we they'd seen the original Star Wars movies, but then we showed them, like, the three sequels to those, the ones with Ren. That, those were the ones that it was really based on. So if you didn't know who, who Kylo Ren is. Kylo Ren was. Yeah. It would... Or Rey. I mean, you'd still... Or Rey. I mean, I, I should have called them the Rey ones. Yeah, if you didn't know who those characters were, like they're all like they got all the actors to do their parts for the recordings and stuff. 
Um, you might be a little out to sea, but not that much. I mean, it's the bad guys, and then the bad guys capture you, and then the bad guys chase you around, and it's really cool. So, uh, Rise of the Resistance, two thumbs up. Uh, and I have no interest in watching the TV show Andor. I just figured we were already making people mad on this podcast. I was just going to, like, <laughs> put a final stamp in it. There. <laughs> Boom. People who weren't mad until this point now are furious. I don't know. They're like, see- I was willing to cake with it until now. I want to see the Venn diagram of people who love the stupids and then also love Andor. <laughs> <laughs> Is there? I would also like to see that Venn diagram. <laughs> Do those and... audiences collide um, at all? I literally don't know. Okay. But uh, one requires a sense of humor and the other does not. So uh, I'm thinking they're probably a little more separate than uh, you might yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Okay. So we have done the Hanukkah book. Mm-hmm. And now I've, I've already got a Christmas book all lined up. Well, so. We're going to take a week off. Going to take a week off. And, and then, then on actual Christmas itself, right? Uh, the, on the day after Christmas. Okay, Boxing the day, day after Christmas. All right. Well, it won't be too late. On Boxing Day. On Boxing we Day. Will... Oh, shoot. I should find a Boxing Day picture No, book. we'll do a Christmas book on Boxing Day. That's good because there are no Boxing People Day People are going to be traveling. America, so, yeah. You know, they're going to need something to listen to. Yeah. And, and they still won't. They won't have completely lost their taste. I don't know. Some people like the day after Christmas is like, I'm out. <laughs> True. <laughs> no more Christmas stuff. But if you if you have space in your brain for just one more. Uh let it be ours okay okay (laughs) and until we actually do that episode i've been betsy i'm kate bye fuse 8 and kate is a fuse number eight production you can reach us at fusekdate at gmail.com you can follow our podcast on twitter at fuse underscore kate you can follow us on instagram at fuse 8 kate that's fuse number eight kate listen to us on stitcher spotify google play or player fm or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our laughing Druka, with applesauce, is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird.